All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. My name is Chris Perry. I'm here with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? All right. So I've been thinking about this all morning. And I finally found it. It is called a, hold on, a superb bird of paradise. That sounds like a rap group. So I don't know if you've ever seen the videos of like the birds that like they have like a, a smiley face on the back of their tail and that's how they like woo their their mate. Oh, I'd be wooed for sure. And they like they do like a little dance mm-hmm. to like for courtship. Little hippie hop. That's that's how I pulled Laura. Like a lot of people don't know that. I did a dance, like a courtship dance, and she was like, I've seen your mating dance at your wedding. Okay. I I was I was intrigued. Yeah. If you uh, there's probably a video of that and I would tell other men to take note. Yeah. I uh, you got it's all in the hips, you know. It's yeah, I'm hips. good at very good at gyrating. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful oscillation. It's stunning. Yeah. It'll get what, you. What is it called? I used to have this guy in uh, high school, and his name was Edward. And Edward was like this, you know, very large black man. And he was super cool dude. Me and him got along very well. But I, we got along very well because I always tell him, Edward, you look like you're percolating right now. And then he'd start shaking his whole body. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. I don't really know what percolating means still, but he really liked to do it. It's, it's a fun word to say. Who really needs to know what it means? It's all semantics at this point. Yeah. I um I feel like a quokka. Quokka. What, what is a quokka? A quokka is known as a short-tailed scrub wallaby. Okay, they're from the the area of uh, Perth and Albany, and they are known as the happiest mammal on the planet. Honestly, look- I just looked this up, and it looks exactly like you when you smile. <laughs> like right now, dude, you look exactly like this. This is like if you I imagine you take your beanie off and you you have like little ears like this. You should get. You should get a hat with ears on it. Honestly, well, I mean, we've talked about Bob's Burgers with Louise. Yeah, if anybody doesn't know, I've always told people that Chris reminds me of Louise from Bob's Burgers. I I feel like, honestly, I'm kind of a combination of every character on Bob's Burgers. A little bit. I think so, but primarily Tina, for sure. As we all know, I, I, I love beanies. I wear them every day. I have a beanie tattooed on me, so that I'm literally always wearing a beanie at this point. Um... But look up a Quokka, guys. It's Q-U-O-K-K-A. They're adorable. That's what I feel like. I encourage people to look at this because it did make me smile when I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the goal. You know, just feeling a little Quokka today. Had a cup of coffee. I feel good. Um, But yeah. It sounds like a cool word. It sounds like something like exotic. Like, how you feeling today, bro? Quokka. Quokka, bro. Just strictly Quokka vibes. Quokka right now. And also, so you know, this is not actually a container of cranberry juice. I'm just using a container that used to have cranberry juice in it with Mio in it. So I thought you had a cranberry juice thing filled with coffee for a second because you just mentioned you had coffee and you picked that up. And I was like, what the fuck? Did you have a giant cranberry juice thing filled with coffee? I, I wouldn't put it past myself at this point in my life, yeah. truthfully. I would just get so much heartburn from that. It's the only downside. Yeah, yeah um, truth. Well, guys, at some point we'll actually start talking about something other than this. But um, today we're going to kind of go into meal plans. Pardon this dog upstairs. Um, We're going to talk about meal plans, nutritional guides, all Mm -hmm. that good stuff. Give me one second. So, yeah, today we're going to talk about meal plans versus macros. So, basically, there's multiple different ways to set up a diet. Um, In my opinion, 
I like to follow a meal plan. I think a meal plan is what works best for me. Um, I like to do the same thing every day. I really feel like bodybuilding is a sport where it's about consistency over time. Mm -hmm. Um, on the other hand though, I do find that a macronutrient based plan can be very helpful for somebody that requires flexibility in their life. So as you've seen and how both of us, I know do our plans is we can include macros per meal, but we also include a sample plan of exactly what we would want. Mm-hmm. And but most of my people just follow exactly what I put down. I, I try to make it a little bit interesting and really catered towards them. Yeah. But it, it comes, it comes a question of what works better. Um, and I will honestly say that throughout my many, many years of coaching different athletes, I've always found that the ones that follow an exact meal plan always get the best results. For sure. I, I definitely agree with you. I've been, like I said, in my history of doing this, I've tried just about every diet out there. And I used to do flexible dieting like very aggressively, like making all these extravagant recipes and everything else to try to like fit in just wild things. And I can say like it it became almost like a game of mental masturbation, right? It was just overcomplicated for the sake of it being overcomplicated. I've seen more results in just simply following a meal plan and being consistent. Yep. Um and like you said, we we both have the same approach where we include the macronutrient breakdown of each meal, and then we give what we deem the most optimal food sourcing for that meal, right? Because yeah. you and I both go into with bioavailability and glycemic index and all these other things, and we time these foods accordingly for a reason. So we say, hey, here is what your macros are for this meal, and here is the food sourcing we think is the best timing wise for around training or furthest away from training. Um, but if shit hits the fan, you do have these numbers, these guidelines that you can use as well as a safety net, right? If, if let's say you forget to pack meal two for whatever reason, you've got X protein, X carbs, X fat, Here's my fitness pal. Here's another great way to try to figure that out. And again, it just gives you a safety net so that you aren't like, oh, I didn't pack meal two. Let me go to go. Let me go get like Burger King or something stupid. Yeah. You can still pick a relatively decent option. But obviously, we, you know, there's intention behind all the food sourcing that we use, right? I, I, I don't think people realize like if I give you 30 grams of carbs, there's a reason I've given you jasmine rice and not three Oreos because they are yeah. not created equal, right? Uh, Same of, of even looking at like, I know people who will get macros from from a coach and they're like pre-workout meal, they're doing like oatmeal. And I'm like, yeah. why are you eating a slow digesting carb and a bunch of fiber before you try to go train, right? Exactly. I think some people just aren't educated in that sense. And that's what obviously this episode's kind of about. Yeah, so I remember my my first experience with a coach ever, I worked with a guy at my local gym. This is a long time ago. And you know, the, the first plan I ever got was all a meal plan. And of course I got great results. It was the exact same foods every single day. And you know, he would change things slightly, but I would just eat that. And and it made it so we always knew what was going on. Right. And that was great. I got, I got great results. I did my whole first competition off that. I looked pretty good for my first show. I got pretty lean. Um, the second coach I ever worked with, only did macros and i i felt like it was good but it gave me a little bit too much leniency yep um which it was nice for me because i learned a lot about food during that time working with that coach like i learned like 
to make up different meals. And it was nice to have like that freedom, which was good for me for that time being. But again, when it came time for me to prep again, I found that it was so much easier for me just to have a plan set out and eliminate the guessing. Yeah. You know, because if I had too much freedom and then even at certain times, man, I didn't have enough energy to make out and choose exactly what I wanted to eat while I'm, you know, five weeks out from show. I'd rather have somebody just tell me like, hey, man, this is the best route to go. This is where you're going to get the best results. This is how you're going to be ready. Yeah. And over time, whenever as I've been a coach, I've developed my own strategy, which I think it's best to have both. Yeah. And I, I think people being able to, you know, like you said, kind of switch things out slightly during a situation where it's like hey like for example say you've got 40 protein 40 carbs and 10 fat and your meal's supposed to be you know chicken and rice and uh green vegetables and almonds all right well you know if you're for some reason like man i, I want to have some ground turkey today super and simple I have sweet potatoes instead of rice super simple yeah and you know instead of uh, almonds i want to have a little bit of Kerrygold grass-fed butter Mm -hmm. that's that's a reasonable change right for sure but what i make what don't want people to do is go from like chicken rice vegetables and almonds to um a protein shake some skittles and some you know cookie butter exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and there's there like you said there's a gray area with that and i think you and i both a lot of it too is because we're trying to educate our athletes not just like here's your plan because I've found too, I've 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 encountered some coaches in the past who don't like to, I guess, educate in a certain sense because I think they feel like their athletes are going to leave once they learn everything, right? Yeah. Or they they want to kind of they won't give answers or explanations. Whereas like we're trying to teach people because honestly, it makes our lives as coaches a lot easier if people can make these conscious decisions and we can trust in them to do that, right? So yeah. like I give that with my plans. I'm like, hey, here are protein source options that you can swap for without having to run it by me. Here's the weight measurement that we're, and we're going to get into weighing food and quantities and all those things or volume measurements. Um, but I give that up front and I explain it to them why they're able to make those decisions on their own to just try to like start to guide them in the direction of understanding nutrition as a whole versus just having the plan. But like you said, especially in a prep scenario, you really can't have that leniency as you're getting closer to show because your brain's going to try to talk you into making some op or some morally unjust decisions from a nutritional yep. standpoint. Um, and it allows for too much human error as well. And like, exactly. in a, that's huge. And it, like you said, you don't want to have to think like I've got plenty of people on my team who work 60, 70, 80 hours a week and they just want to get a plan and run with it. They don't give a shit what the macros are, but I still include them because it's something that I have to include for like, I just have to right? But they just don't want to think. And that's a lot of times why these people hire a coach is they live a busy life. They don't want to have to think about all these yeah. nutritional nuances that we do. They just want to get a plan and do it. Yeah. That's the thing is like a uh, big time with people is, is human error. But I like to include those macros a lot of times for myself as well. So mm -hmm. I can make sure when I'm making adjustments, they're accurate. Yeah. So like if I have somebody and I know I need to drop carbs by 30 and fats by 10 or something like that, I can kind of look at where they're already at and I can drop from where I think was best used to go ahead and get them continuous progress. Yeah. But what, what I see issues with a lot with macro plans is 
it gives a lot of variables. Mm-hmm. So we go from, you know, having a set constant plan to adding in variables. And those variables sometimes will give us issues. So if I have somebody doing like a different plan each day and they're in a contest prep and I'm trying to get them results and then I'm asking questions like they're, they're telling me their digestion's messed up. And I'm like, well, we, we can't pinpoint what food it is because they're having a different food each day. And there could be something they're adding on Wednesday that they're not adding on Thursday that's causing the issue. Yeah. And the freedom part, like you said, whenever you get to a point your your brain wants some of these things. So you're like, man, maybe I can just add in a little bit of this. And it's like, uh, it's probably not the best idea whenever you're trying to compete against other people and win something. Yeah. And, and, and especially as closer you get to show, your digestion becomes so much more sensitive, right? Like you where the slight, the smallest variation can affect everything from like a GI standpoint. Like we ran into that last year. Um, I remember, I think I was like 12 days out from my last show and I ran it by you. I was like, do you care if I swap out this turkey meal for shrimp? And you were like, yeah, for sure. Like, and we swap, like you gave me the measurement to use and everything else. So we made the adjustments so it would match the meal properly. And like, it turns out when I'm like severely dieted, I have an iodine sensitivity. So like my GI, I gained like six pounds of water and I had like diarrhea and all these other things. And like, fortunately it cleared up in time. And I learned very quickly, Hey, like you can't do that ever again. Exactly. And but it's that's like the smallest thing we didn't even think about. Like I'm not allergic to shrimp or iodine at any other point. I can eat it at any other point in time. But when I am severely dieting, it's like my body's already so sensitive. It just was like, this is new. I'm not ready for this. Let me get inflamed. The, the, the other issue I found with people too is uh, say you have their macro set up and, you know, I, I do macros per meal, like we mentioned, because mm-hmm. the nutrient timing is so important. So I have like special macros for the meal before training, the meal after training, your last meal, mm-hmm. et cetera. I've had people try to like pull carbs or fats out of one meal and add them to another, yep. Yep. which can have effects on like, you You know, we, we're we're setting up nutrient timing for performance yep. benefits, especially. Mm-hmm. So when you're pulling carbs out of your post-workout meal, which is one of your most important meals a day for recovery, yep. and you're putting them in other places because you want to have, um, you know, more fats here or more carbs here it kind of messes with your digestion or can mess with the the overall results we're trying to get. I've had people do that, or I've even had them try to count stuff where it's just so detrimental to like the actual results, like and trying to include coffee creamers or, you know, trying to include little small things that they like in their plan that aren't going to get them as many benefits. Like I don't want you to switch out coffee creamer instead of your fish oil. Yeah. Like, you know, the fish oil has benefits for anti-inflammatories, you know, cholesterol, and then you're switching it out with literally a dairy creamer. Yeah, or like wondering, yeah, it's, it's not going to help. No, yeah, and it's like, or they pull out like, let's say, blueberries to have like ten extra grams of oats, and it's like those blueberries are there for a reason for the antioxidants yeah. and everything else. It's like you need those micronutrients. You don't need ten extra grams of oatmeal. When the reality, that's not going to like, that's not going to get you more satiated, right? Mm-hmm. We, we want certain things in your plan that that's, I think a lot of people too, they, they try to eliminate necessary items from their plan whenever they do macros. Like, you know, for example, they'll, they'll do all rice or all potatoes and then all of a sudden all the fruit goes out. Yep. Um, you know, they, they don't do enough vegetables. They're not adding in a wide variety of foods. 
Mm-hmm. And people don't know this, but your body can start resisting certain stuff if it's all you eat. You know, mm-hmm. I try to include a few different meats in a meal in a meal plan. Yeah. So, for example, I might have chicken breast, I may have ground turkey, and then I may have like 96-4 beef. Yeah. If you're deciding that all you want to do is chicken for every single meal or all you want to do is egg whites for every meal, you're probably going to end up having a little bit of issues. There's a reason why we're trying to add a little bit more variety into your meal plan. Yeah. Everything has – like everything – it's meant to build up to a whole. So we're providing all micronutrients as well. Mm-hmm. So when you're eliminating a lot of these foods, because you know, you want to do macros and you're switching maybe to processed foods instead of whole foods, you're going to be eliminating a lot of those micronutrients. You're not going to be getting enough of like vitamin C, or you may be eliminating some of the, um, other vitamins you're supposed to be getting in exchange for, because you wanted to have a hot pocket and it's, <laughs> and it's just yeah. not, it's not going to work. Well, it's like if we look at it too, like you said, like just swapping macros around, like if someone pulls like carbs from their second meal because they want to have some carbs before they go to bed. Well, if your last meal is zero carbs, there's a reason for it. We're trying to get your blood glucose as low as we can overnight. So when you go do your fasted cardio, there's more potential to start burning through blood glucose and then into fat stores. But if you're eating a ton of carbs before you go to bed, you're defeating the purpose, right? There's intention for where everything is placed is what we're trying to get at. And like you said, unless you know that, like I know that, right? Because I'm doing this for long enough. The way you present a plan is the way I follow it because I know there's intention and I can see the intention. Mm-hmm. But if, if like I've had it, I had a girl recently start with me and her previous coach, she was on starting prep, didn't even give her macro breakdowns for each meal, just gave her her macro goals for the day. Like didn't tell her to eat four, five, six meals a day, when to time these things. And this asshole charges as much as I do. And I'm like, you, you know, you can just go on any macro calculator online and kind of figure out what he just did. So you're getting robbed. But now that I've changed that, (laughs) yeah, it's like now that's what I'm saying. That's all it is. So now like that we've been able to time foods properly and effectively, she's eating more food and dropping weight at the same time because her body's in a more optimal position. Right. I personally, I personally think if a coach gives you only macros with no breakdown, it's a scam. You're getting robbed. I really think that, man. I think that anybody does that. It's like you're you're doing a disservice to your clients. You're not coaching. It's it's not coaching when it's that. Like you want to actually nutrient timing is so important. Like, for example, I had a client come to me and she was with a previous coach for lifestyle and they were just doing, you know, macros per day, which is fine. It it does okay sometimes for their nutrition clients. But whenever she came to me and we switched up to, you know, macros per meal. And I had everything set up in nutrient timing and we were focused on performance and making sure the the nutrition matched the training. All of a sudden she transformed. Mm -hmm. Like she turned into a just genetic freak athlete. And we were like, oh, we never knew you would have looked like this if you were just, you know, fitting in your random meals a day. I've I've had a lot of people too with just macros per day. What they'll do is they'll hoard macros. Mm -hmm. Like I, I had a girl one time and what she would do is she would like eat nothing during the day. And then at night she would like, you know, get Chipotle and then Halo Top and then add Reese cups on top of it. And I'm like, you're just basically getting a giant glucose spike at night and then you're just storing fat. Like it's yeah. it doesn't work like that. It's not good for your digestion to do these big ass binge meals no. and expect to get results. Well and too on, on top of that, like if we're looking at like the skill set of of an athlete, I don't know that someone who's just getting into this needs to just be presented macronutrients because again, they don't, 
they are they aren't educated yet. But then if you look mm-hmm. at somebody like if we go up the ladder and we go to somebody who's been doing this for a long time, they all I don't know that there's ever a position where someone should just be presented macronutrients if you're hiring a coach. Yeah. Because there's there's too many caveats like we've discussed and like I mean, I know people who have prepped just doing severe flexible dieting, but they're doing so many like sugar alcohols and all this other stuff that they I like I know one person in particular who did it last year and her gut was so inflamed. And I'm like, because you're just trying to fit in the silliest foods mm-hmm. during your show prep and you're trying to sneak in sugar alcohols, which still have a caloric amount to them. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that you're just causing GI distress. So it's like the food you're giving yourself, your body's not even processing effectively and you're inflamed. So you're basically just malnourished at this point. Yep. That's the thing is uh, sugar alcohols, like you mentioned, there's still two calories per gram. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these pieces of gum that people eat are, you know, two grams of sugar alcohol. So it's still four calories and your body can't even process it. So you just like it's literally empty food. If you're if you're, if you're trying to add that into your plan or even use it and you're using that instead of, say, rice or potatoes that are actually going to give you energy to go towards your training, you're you're doing your body a disservice there. It's the way the. The easiest way to explain it is anything that has flavor has a calorie somehow, some way, whether it says it does or it doesn't, it does. There's a lot of scams on um, nutrition labels now. Like uh, one of the ones that we we could think about is the can't believe it's not butter spray. Yeah. You know, it'll be like, a, I think one or two sprays of that. It's like a gram of fat, but it tells you that, you know, it's zero calories. Well, it's zero calories if you're using like a quarter of a spray. But then on the actual label, it has like 997 servings or something like that in this small bottle. Yeah. So I'm, it's I'm still just the, butter. Yeah. I'm looking up the caloric amount. Well, it's it's even worse than butter. It's just hydrogenated oil, which is horrible for yeah. your digestion. I'd rather use exactly. butter. But, you know, something people don't think about. I, I do think one thing that would be good. I will, People use macros a lot in off season if they're educated enough to use them and we're getting linear progress that's the most important thing to me like for example laura she likes to do a little bit more macros in off season when her food gets high because she likes to be able to fit things that are a little easier for her to fit but she still chooses quality foods um i think that's the most important thing to think about is the quality of the food still has to be based on what you're trying to get like don't be sitting there trying to do you know gummy worms instead of rice don't be trying to replace Oreos for your rice cakes and peanut butter. It's not the same thing. Like, I'm sure you can fit this stuff, but it's not going to give you the same benefits as using your, you know, healthy fats and healthy carbs that are going to actually benefit you in your training and your performance and your overall look. Yeah. So side note, I just looked it up and a bottle of, I can't believe it's not butter spray. The entire bottle contains 1360 calories. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sure there's people that are using a quarter bottle of that a day on some of their food and not even thinking about what they're adding. Yeah. Cause they think it it's zero safe. calories. They think it's safe, right? Same with like Walden farms, pancake syrup. I love that stuff. I won't use it during prep because I yeah. know there's still a caloric intake to it. And if I feel like it's safe, I'm going to abuse it for a fact. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know how I operate. I know what I'm going to do, you know, yeah. um, but it's like, like you said, and there's a time and place for everything, right? Like off season, you can have a little bit more flexibility and make these decisions. But if you are in show prep, like there show prep is different. You there, you can't, 
make exceptions to these rules, especially as you get yeah. deeper into it, because you got to think like, like we've talked about before, let's say I'm towards the end of prep and I'm on a zero carb day, right? Cause that's one thing that I do have to do. I can't go get uh, like a ghost energy drink cause there's four grams of carbs in it. That, yep. that defeats the purpose of what I was just trying to do. Right. Or I can't do, I can't use certain condiments. I can't because like G Hughes, love G Hughes. I can't use it because even though it says it's zero calorie, I know it's not. And then I'll want to abuse it. So it's like, you got, you guys have to understand, like there's a time and a place for all of this, but the, at basically what is on your plan is all that you can do and should do in a show prep situation. You cannot fit in like a, like a sugar-free jello cup or X, Y, and Z. Like you can't, you cannot mm-hmm. because and in, cert, in a certain regard, you are hindering progress at, at, even if it's a percent, but if it's a percent every day, it adds up. Or you forget, oh, did I, did I already have my Jello cup today? Well, I don't know. I'll have another one, right? That's that's what you said. Sugar-free and fat-free does not mean calorie-free. Yep. Um, so I, I've seen people are like, I use a fat-free creamer. And I'm like, well, it still has sugar in it because it, it may have zero fat, but it still has carbs. Mm-hmm. Or on the other hand, they'll be like, I use a sugar-free creamer. And I'm like, okay, well, it may have zero sugar, but it still has fat. Exactly. exactly. And it's like... It, it, G Hughes sugar free sauce means sugar free. It doesn't mean carb free. Yep. Yeah. And I, just, I, 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 there's a lot of misrepresentation in these labels because they want to sell it as a diet culture food. Mm-hmm. And if you just read some of these labels, it often tells you the whole story. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you just look at what it says on the front where it says, you know, sugar free or um, fat free, well, you'll often be surprised when you turn it to the back. And I always I have clients will send me stuff. They'll be like, "Hey, can I use this sauce?" And I'll be like, "Send me the." They'll send me the front of it, and it says sugar free. And I'm like, "All right, go ahead and send me the back." Yeah. And then they send me the back, and it still has 10 grams of carbs. They're just not from sugar. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "This is still 40 calories per like 10 grams of sauce." Yeah. Yeah. I I basically stick to and show prep. I stick to like mustard and hot sauce. Those are the two that I'll use. Those are safe. Yeah. Those are safe. You know, I, I I think my two safe safe sauces i use and prep are boar's head honey mustard oh yep that's a really good one it's got a little bit of a tangy flavor to it it's not super sweet and then i use frank's red hot buffalo wing sauce yep uh those are my two favorites for prep um i normally don't really use anything else reduced sugar ketchup i'll occasionally use a little bit uh Mm -hmm. like on my potatoes or stuff but i'm also pretty careful with that too because you know you gotta remember it says reduced sugar not sugar free not calorie free i I weigh it out I wait. Yeah, I, I, you should because it says reduce sugar, but I still think it's like 13 grams is one gram of carb. Yeah. And I I, th- I don't think one gram of carb every now and then on your potatoes is going to like make or break you. But I also do think there's a point where you need to think like, do I want to win or do I want to lose? And do I want to let ketchup be the reason I lost? Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the easiest way to have that conversation with yourself. Yeah. It's like, do I want this to beat me? Because it, it can, you know yeah. what I mean? Do I uh, want to lose because I can't stop eating Walden Charm sh- sh- syrup? Like, yeah. and, and it's, it's a serious thing though, man. Cause it's, you really think about it. And a lot of these things become like a uh, cheat codes mm-hmm. and prep. You're like, Oh man, I, as long as I can use my sauce, I'll be okay. And then they start relying on it. And then it could be the thing that really makes or breaks you. If you're trying to go from first to second place, mm-hmm. I always try to think of like this is the guy I'm going against that could be possibly first place is he you know eating walden farms 
Yeah. No. Oftentimes it's no, he's not. And, and like with this too, you know, your, your taste buds will adapt over time. And by the end of it, like by the end of prep, like I'm good with just garlic salt on my food. Like I don't need a million condiments. Cause also I understand like I'm in a position where like, this isn't the most fun. I'm not going to be the most satisfied, but that's not what I'm after at this point. I'm not like looking to make this meal gourmet with 18 different condiments and seasonings. It's like, I just need to get this food in and move forward with my life. Right. Um, that's, um, that's kind of our approach when it comes to like the macronutrient meal plan side of things. Another thing that we, you know, hot topic is just in general with food sourcing, as far as like people coaches using quantity portions versus weight Mm -hmm. portions, which I cannot stand. I think that's also a joke. Um, and then also on top of that, not specifying cooked weight versus raw weight. And then on top of that, not specifying direct sourcing of food as in just saying chicken, not saying chicken breast or chicken thigh or a percentage of beef to be using. So we can kind of dive into each of those. Um, that's yeah. The first one I'd like to talk about there is coaches that use just cups or, uh, you know, half and handful, half a potato or half an avocado or, uh, one cup rice. Well, here's here's the issue with that is when you're hungry, that one cup of rice is often going to be jam packed at the top. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to fit as much rice in there that it could end up being gram weight, a cup and a half. If you're not hungry, you're probably going to loosely fill that cup of rice. Yeah, because you don't want to eat as much. But 150 grams is always going to be 150 grams for sure. So it, I, I've always used grams or ounces as my measurements for everything. And I think that if you don't use those, you leave a lot of room for error. Well, again, it goes back to like, you're going to try to, your, your brain's going to try to talk you into things, right? So like, let's say we got a plan, I've seen it and they say a spoonful of peanut butter. Okay. Tablespoon yeah. or teaspoon. And then yeah. how much am I actually going to give myself? Because when it comes to fats, they're more calorically dense the difference between a tablespoon and a teaspoon of peanut butter and depending on how heaping that is, is a lot of calories very yep. quickly. Um, Big time. And if you measure out peanut butter on a scale, like a tablespoon, 16 grams, a lot of people are shocked at how little that is. Yeah. And how much they've actually been eating. I, that is one of the biggest errors I see is pe- people all, I, I put my, my peanut butter in plans by the gram. So I may have <laughs> somebody have 20 grams and people be like, how many tablespoons is that? And I'm like, I don't want you to use that. There's a reason for it. I'm like, weigh it out. And then they'll do that and they'll be like, oh, this is like a tease. And I'm like, yeah. That's yeah, the point. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll tell you, I guarantee if, if I'm getting a spoonful of peanut butter and I'm not weighing it, I guarantee it's probably closer to like 50 to 60 grams of peanut butter, realistically. Yeah. I'd say an actual, what we, all of us deem a serving size of peanut butter is probably like closer to two servings or two and a half servings. Yeah. And that adds up over time, right? Um, But again, it goes back to like if you aren't aware. And then also with that too, when you're weighing these things, I know plenty of people know this, but I like to just let people know, put your peanut, your jar on the scale, zero it out, pull it out until it's the negative number versus trying to, I've seen people do where they take their peanut butter and they, or their almond butter and they pull it out and they start pouring it on their meal. Right. And then when they hit their amount, they usually go a little bit over because obviously it's still pouring from the spoon. And then now they've got a spoon with peanut butter and almond butter all over it. Where's that going to go? Your mouth. That's not going yeah. back in the jar. There's so many too. You know, <laughs> that's a fact. You know, these, these are simple things and that can be fixed by just using the correct 
uh, gram measurement and having it exact. Um, and then that leads us into, you know, like you said, with foods like a uh, chicken breast and, uh, you know, I I've seen coaches put just four ounce lean beef yeah, and I'm like, okay, well what percentage fat, you know, there's, you know, 96, four there's 92, eight, 90, 10, there's 80, 20, yeah. 73, 27. 70 30 like oh, God. you yeah. know and, and and you can get very very wide ranges of fat content based on which one somebody thinks is lean and i will always in my plans put like i want 96 4 lean ground beef mm -hmm. or i want chicken breast or 99 1 ground turkey mm -hmm. and if you don't specify these things it can often be you know, whatever the client thinks in their mind is lean. So one person may be like, oh, okay, well, lean ground beef. Well, you know, we've always bought 85.15. Mm -hmm. That's what I've grown up using. So that must be lean. That sounds pretty lean. Mm -hmm. And it's cheaper. Well, like we've also heard before, some people have thought that the percentage listed on the beef is the quality rating of yeah, it, not don't. the fat percentage. Mm -hmm. And they right. don't realize that 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 the fat percentage is what we're looking for. So it be ninety if it's ninety six four, that means it's ninety six percent lean and there's four percent fat. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, which those can range. So if you have an eighty twenty, that means it's eighty percent lean and there's twenty percent fat. Mm -hmm. So you're ranging from you know four ounces of that could go from with ninety six four. I think it's about like four or five grams of fat mm -hmm. to eighty twenty. You're looking at like fifteen to eighteen grams of fat. Yeah, which is a 100-calorie difference. Yeah, 100-plus calorie difference real yeah. quick. Yeah. yeah. If you're doing that every day, you're eating that meal once a day, that's 700 additional calories for the week. That yeah. Imagine you're doing it twice a day. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're yeah. looking at half a pound of fat, more or less, or close to half a pound yeah. of fat worth of a caloric surplus that shouldn't be there, right? Yeah. So it's just – it's the human error. That's what I'm saying. That's what our, our purpose as coaches is to try to be as proactive of preventing human error because it's – I mean it is bound to happen in certain regards. But when you – when I see some of these plans that athletes come to me with from their previous coaches, I'm like, dude, how did you make any progress with this? Because there's so much room for – like I went on a tangent not that long ago because I saw a plan where it was like everything – it, like it just said grass-fed butter. It didn't even specify the amount. I'm like, okay, like are we talking a whole damn stick of this stuff? Or like what? Yeah. what's the deal? Because it goes back to it as well. Like you can't, especially if you're dieting, you can't give that much leeway because people are going to take care of themselves, right? right? Like ultimately a diet isn't always going to be the most fun thing because – that's you have to do something that you haven't done to get there. And I'm going to get you there, but it's going to require you doing something you haven't done, which is going to be more restriction from a caloric standpoint. So I can't say, I'll oh, just do a spoonful of peanut butter because I know how I operate. If you told me to do a spoonful of peanut butter, dude, I'm going in. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to find, I'm going to yeah. go get a ladle to get that peanut butter out of the jar because <laughs> that's my spoonful. You know, that's, that's exactly the truth is I remember, I remember, um, I've seen plans before and it'll say something like one potato. And I'm like, I'm going to, if I'm hungry, I'm going to go find the fucking like Biggest. largest potato they've got. But you know, if somebody's not fond of food or they're, they, they're scared of food and you put one potato, they're probably going to try to find the skinniest, smallest mm -hmm. sweet potato. Yeah. But if you put, like we said, 200 grams of potato, Cooked they are going to have to eat 
200 grams of potato. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, if it, I will get plans from people that start with me from a different coach, and I'll look at these plans, and it'll be like four-ounce beef, or four-ounce, it'll just say something like four-ounce lean meat. There's not even anything. Like, it'll. It, they leave it so wide for like terms of what it could be construed as that like the client's like four ounce lean meat okay well i'm just gonna go ahead and go have ribeye for each one yeah let me pull up i'm gonna pull up this this plan that i was presented um i'm not gonna say who it's by because it's beside the point but it's stupid and uh let's see here we go um yeah so so meal one four whole eggs, four slices of turkey bacon. I would personally specify the brand of turkey bacon. Yes. Four slices of toast doesn't specify the type of bread. Plant-based butter doesn't say how much. Uh, meal two, 80 grams of oats doesn't specify if that's dry weight or if it's after it's been cooked. Eight ounces of oat milk, 80 grams of blueberry, which is already weird because there's not even a protein source in this meal. And that was pre-workout was oats, oat milk, and blueberries. Post-workout, five ounces of chicken, no cooked weight specification, no specification as to what kind of chicken, 250 grams of rice, again, no specification to if it's cooked or dry weight, uh, broccoli, it's all it's uh, just broccoli, as much yeah. as you want, as little, because, you know, that's what you need post-workout is just a shitload of fiber. Um, meal four, five ounces of ground beef, again, no percentage specification, not cooked or dry weight, or raw weight, excuse me, 250 grams of rice, same story. Meal five, five ounces of salmon, 250 grams of rice, broccoli. Uh, meal six, 12 ounces of oat milk, one scoop of protein. Doesn't, I mean, I'm assuming protein powder, but it just says protein. That's just me being a douche at this point, nitpicking. Um, 50 grams of oats, one banana, because all bananas are the same size. Those can one, range in carbs from like 15 to like 40. Yep. <laughs> one ounce of peanut butter. I've also never seen an ounce weight for peanut butter. Um, yeah. Handful of spinach. And then it gives the macros, and I'm like, there's about a 30 – there's a, probably a 40% variance that could be going either up yeah. or down. There's every single measurement's plus minus 30 on – based on what brands of food they choose, what fat cuts they choose. Like, for example, you said the turkey bacon. I always specify Applegate or Simple Truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Applegate turkey bacon is 2 grams of uh, fat and, like, 7 grams of protein per slice. Yeah. But if you get like regular turkey bacon, uh, that's like, I forget what brand, like Hormel, it's like two grams of fat or three grams of fat and like two grams of protein. So it's like no protein in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it can just like, that plan to me is like a disservice as a coach. Like, and also as a coach, if you can't, like, if that's how you're writing plans, cause that's as much as you know, you shouldn't be coaching people. Like you should not be holding somebody to that responsibility level because that's just pathetic. Like I can look up any generic meal plan online and kind of find that and present that to anybody. So I think it's just kind of a scam because there's no level of skill or intelligence or application of said intelligence to that plan. When you just say five ounces of beef, like what does that mean? You know? Oh, here we go. Here we go. We are back. Webex, baby girl. I love you so much. Hey, good news though. We may be getting new software soon. Yeah, we're we are working on that. Very yes. exciting news coming coming soon to you guys. Very cool stuff. You know, we've actually had so much support with this. We we will kind of speak about that now. We may be having some people hop on as sponsors, which would give us longer episodes, better software, 
better recording. Uh, so everything, this is yeah. maybe turning into something very awesome. So yeah, we're super excited. Uh, less technical difficulties coming your way. Yeah. I, I can't wait as the person who has to figure all this out every time. Cannot wait. Very excited. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, that's kind of like what we were talking about. Like as far as this, this podcast, this episode is a lot about explaining precision and the importance of it, right? Obviously, consistency is a very important thing, but if you can't be precise with that consistency, those two have to go hand in hand. And our job as coaches is to provide the most precise plan possible, right? And I think the nutritional side of it is really the most important part where you can't have all these moments of human error coming about um, because it hinders progress. Right. And again, the double edged sword of what we do as coaches is we can't be there to see every meal being made and being eaten. So we have to assume there's going to be some slip ups. And how do we make them as less substantial as possible? Yeah. Whenever I coach people, my, my, I tell people my job is to eliminate the guessing for you. Mm hmm. Um, so I, if you've got received a plan for me, you will see it. And often people are like, wow, this is the most precise and, you know, detailed plan I've ever received. Like, I really appreciate this. Well, the reason I've done that is because I've realized over years of what human error can happen. And my job as a coach is I've found ways to eliminate that error. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. what, what happens with that is it creates better results. Yeah. So if you're wondering why you may not be progressing, with a current coach or with whoever you're you're currently doing um by yourself it may be because of just simple human error yeah yeah it's it's very common like you said you get in, in these routines and habits and what like we talked about with like foods we deem like zero calorie and safe like try taking those out for a week and see what happens you know yeah. you, you might notice your digestion improves or some other biofeedback might improve and in return your weight might drop a little bit more. Like when we talked about Laura, when she was talking about the gum situation with the competitor, like they pulled gum out, she dropped three pounds, right? Mm -hmm. Super common. I've ran into that myself. And it's, yeah. again, it's things that you don't think about, right? Um, well, and, and, and most people's head, they don't want to think like the stuff that they're enjoying is causing the issue. Yeah. You know, and, and I get that, you know, this dieting gets hard sometimes if you don't make it into a lifestyle, but I always say, if you're getting linear progress with what you're doing, then a lot of stuff is fine. Yes. But if you are to the point where there's so much human error, where you're staying the same, or you're throwing in too much of something and trying to get by with it, and it becomes too much that you're regressing or stalling, that's whenever there has to be an investigative report, you know, where I, as a coach, I'm going in and I'm like, what sauces are you using? What, you know, are you doing any sugar-free sweeteners? Are you, what kind of drinks are you drinking other than water? And then all the time I will find it's, it's something astronomical or something so simple that we need to cut out or do better at. Like I had a guy just start with me last week and for the first two weeks he was losing weight. And then the third week he stalled out and I was like, for your ground turkey, what percentage fat are you buying? He was like, oh, you know, I've been doing 85-15. I was like, no, man, that needs to be 99-1, like it says in the plan. And then for uh, he said, I started buying uh, ribeyes instead of sirloin. And I'm like, oh, well, I was like, brother, you're adding about 40 extra grams of fat a day. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's and a lot. and I'm like, that's, that's not going to get you results. You know, I've got you at 55 grams of fat total for the day, and you're almost doubling that. 
Yeah, that's a ton. And then he was like, oh, okay, I'll change the plan. So he changes it and goes to the meats he's supposed to eat. And all of a sudden, he starts dropping three or four pounds a week. Mm-hmm. And and it's something where they, they didn't even think about it. They were just like, oh, this must be okay. Yeah. Well, it's like but, when I told the story about the ranch dressing situation, where the guy was going through a bottle of ranch a week. I was like, it's 3,500 calories of ranch yeah, dressing. Ranch. Remember that one client I told you about that I said was probably my worst client ever? I got another story about him. So this one time he uh, he decided he was going to compete. He went with a different coach. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess he was in Mike Beatty's room, which Mike Beatty's one of my my really good clients. And Mike yeah. Beatty was competing too. Mm-hmm. And he said that that coach came to the room and brought that guy with him. And they were like talking. And uh, this the, the coach was like, okay, I want you to eat, you know, four or four ounces of chicken and like 180 grams of rice. And the guy was like, all right, cool. So he puts out four ounces of chicken, he puts out 180 grams of rice, and then he pulls out Hidden Valley Ranch and he covers his food in it. And the guy's like, <clears throat> the coach is like, was that ranch? And he said, yeah. And he was like, how much of that did you use? And he's like, I don't know, I didn't weigh it. And then he's like, have you been using that this whole time? He's like, yeah. And then the guy, like the, the coach just kind of shakes his head and he's like, oh, fuck. That's why he doesn't look the way he's supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Why? And that's so gross, dude. Like ranch. No, that's yicky. I, I can't imagine. Like ranch is good on like, you know, like a, wings. Wings are like, um, I used to like it on like a romaine lettuce salad yeah. back in the day. Yeah. But uh, I think ranch is just like, it's funny because uh, I remember I had somebody used to work in the food industry and they're like ranch. Lettuce is just a vessel for your ranch. Yeah. And that's why like, people just eat ranch with like iceberg lettuce. <laughs> So nutritionally sound. You're just basically eating dressing. (laughs) You're just throwing spoonfuls of fucking Hellman's on your meals. Basically, all you're doing is just just mayo. Um, But like you said, guys, if we've learned anything, don't use ranch on your meals, please. Uh, For the people that have listened to this, I will give a cool diet hack that you can actually, if you do follow macros, Mm -hmm. that you can add to kind of get some volume. But uh, a Hidden Valley Ranch seasoning packet. Mm-hmm. With Faye Zero Greek yogurt, yeah, makes a pretty damn good vegetable dip, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, like, it ends up being like Faye Zero yogurt. If you use, you know, two tablespoons of that, it's probably like one carb and like three protein. Mm-hmm. And then if you are using the Hidden Valley Ranch seasoning packet, you kind of put some in there and you mix it around. And then you can do like some celery or some green peppers or some carrots, and of course, make sure these part of your plan. You're calculating the shit, but yeah. Awesome snack, especially if you're like a general nutrition client and you're trying to diet and you need something like late at night. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that one's awesome. Yeah, that's a great idea. Then it's, yeah. it's again calorically way better than ranch. And also too, like with the fire, you're getting you know probiotics and enzymes and all that good stuff for your gut health because yeah. yogurt. That's why I have Greek yogurt yeah. most of my people's meal plans to help with the gut health. Um, but yeah, guys, that's kind of the the gist of this episode is just trying to understand precision and a plan why we list out the food sourcing and why we're so specific about cooked weight versus raw weight or dry weight or all these things. It's to provide the most precision that we can so when you are checking in with us, we have the most accurate depiction of adherence for one, but we are able to assess the data that is presented to us in the most effective manner to then make any necessary adjustments moving forward. Right. Yep. You know, you and me, like when I check in with you, I can tell you if meal two on Tuesday wasn't what it was supposed to be. Right. Like I'm mm-hmm. conscious and aware of my entire plan so that you know what needs to change. Right. Yep. But if you have exactly. someone who's like, you're like, how'd the week go? And I'm like, I don't know. It was all right. You're like, what does that mean? 
How, how do I make yeah. changes from that? I, I can't make calculated adjustments if there's no calculated feedback. Like, you know, what I'm trying to do is think of how to better make your plan to continuously get results based on how well you've adhered to the plan. So if you don't even know how well you adhere to the plan. <laughs> if you don't know how well you adhere to the plan, I know you didn't adhere to the plan. Simple yeah, fact of the matter, that's, right? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. My job is to eliminate the guessing. I, I am a big fan of just following the meal plan. Um, that's what I always tell people to do. I, I would say if you want the best results possible, just eat what I write down in the plan. Yep. It's there um, for a reason. I, I've had some clients do well with macros, but even then, I've had them say, hey, I'm going to go and try your meal plan just this week. And then the results are like five times better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like you guys are ultimately investing in a service to treat. Like I've said before, you are investing in someone to tell you what to do. And when they yeah. give you the blueprint of what to do, do it because it will get you the results that you are seeking that you haven't gotten previously. Right. So that really covers all of our bases. I think for this episode, this is definitely something we'll continue to talk about and harp on. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, hopefully soon we will have better recording software and everything else and be able to give you guys even longer episodes um and we appreciate you guys you know yeah. we've gotten tons of wonderful feedback from this last week's episodes uh like we've said before if there's anything that you guys any topics you guys want us to talk about or go into you know more detail about please reach out to either of us on instagram um my instagram is cp.legs um tyler i always forget yours every time Minus i ask you tyler underscore bedson Beautiful. Reach out to either of us. You know, any feedback that you guys have, please, please, please reach out to us. Leave us a five-star review on, you know, we're on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Um, I really do appreciate seeing all the kind words that you guys have given us. This has been the coolest shit ever, and hopefully it'll get a lot cooler uh, very, very soon. Um, but until then, we appreciate you, and thank you for listening to the Modcast. Have a quota day. Have a quota day, guys. <laughs>